Thank you for joining us for Outfront Magazine. My name is Michael Cisneros. Welcome. You are listening to Aftersight. This recording is intended solely for individuals who are blind or have low vision. Thank you for joining us for Outfront Magazine. My name is Michael Cisneros. This recording is for February 6th. Today, I'll be reading the following articles and more. Gay cheerleader Jonathan Romero is headed to the Super Bowl. Written by Clara Gauthier. Hitched Goodie Guide, New York Corner. And OFM Gallery, Buck Meek at Globe Hall. Gay cheerleader Jonathan Romero is headed to the Super Bowl. Jonathan Romero, a second-year cheerleader for the San Francisco 49ers, is excited to represent gay cheerleaders at the Super Bowl this weekend. He started cheering for the 49ers last year and is the first male cheerleader in the 49ers history. Romero himself never thought he would get the spot, as he told Outsports that he was using it to get more audition experience under his belt, and that if you told him this two years ago, he would have said you'd be lying. Before joining the 49ers cheer squad, Gold Rush, he was a high school cheer and dance coach. He found his calling when he began training at a dance studio and views cheer as an important part of self-expression as a gay man, saying that dance has always been his liberation and his happy place. Romero may be the only open Gary cheerleader at the Super Bowl this year, but not the first. That honor goes to two cheerleaders on the Los Angeles Rams squad, Quentin Perrone and Napoleon Ginnies, who appeared at the 2019 Super Bowl. They also made an appearance at the 2022 Super Bowl alongside three more openly gay cheerleaders, Jose Capitello, S. Wynn Diaz, and Brendan Ryan. Capitillo and Ryan were co-captains of the Rams this year and both wished Romero luck. Ryan wrote on his Instagram in all caps, can't wait to watch this superstar single-handedly represent the boys at the Super Bowl. Openly gay cheerleaders are becoming popular within the NFL, as more and more male cheerleaders join NFL cheer squads every year. According to Romero, the NFL's male cheerleaders share a bond, he says. This is the end goal for a lot of people, being able to be in a community with other male cheerleaders. Despite the rise in gay male cheerleaders, the number of openly gay NFL players remains small, with Carl Nassip becoming the first openly gay player in 2021. Here's to those out gay NFL members breaking down barriers and increase in the number of queer people in sports that they become more accepting. Hitched Goodie Guide, New York Corner. Love is in the air this February, and whether that's self-love or a romantic pairing, you're still valid. Here are some fabulous goodies you could either use to treat and appreciate yourself or give out to a special someone this month. Jaunty Vapes Wedding Cake. If you're looking for the perfect way to puff, puff, pass on your special day, Jaunty has you covered with their special wedding cake strain vape cart. This one gram cartridge is 90% THC and also has a little bit of CBD to keep you calm and collected. You'll want to grab one to try next time your romantic getaway takes you to New York. Resonators, the perfect pick-me-up for edibles fans. These full-spectrum, solventless, hash 
Infused edibles taste great, and the effects are even better. Delicious in either sour apple or tropical mango, these tangy treats pack a 10 milligram punch that lasts longer and is cleaner than your average edible. Jumbo Dose Tinctures. Available in either Chill, Focus, Dose, or Mega, you will absolutely love the way this tincture provides support for pretty much any part of your day. Chill contains CBD for relaxation and Focus pairs THC with CBG so you can dial into any task you need to knock out. Dose contains CBN for a good night's sleep. And my personal favorite, Mega, is just THC for a blast off perfect for a night out on the town. Blazy Susan Resin Blaster. Here we have one of the easiest to use cleaners in the cannabis market, period. Blazy Susan's Resin Blaster is the product for any glass, ceramic, or metal pieces. No more rounds of wasted isopropyl. With this, you simply pour some in, swirl it around, and dump the excess back into the bottle for later. I found it best to let it rest for about 35 minutes, just 5 minutes more than what is recommended, and then rinsed out with warm to hot water. Enjoy your revived, refreshed, and sparkling peace. Sending Glass Compact Gravity Infuser First off, just wow. Stunden Glass has done it again. Having previously tested the pink gravity infuser, I truthfully didn't see how any improvements could be made. I was mistaken. The compact gravity infuser has topped its predecessor. With a smaller and lighter frame, it provides the same heavy punch without being all up in your face. With a smaller size, it is easier to assemble, pass around, then break down and move to the next sesh. Highly recommended for any group events and even just a sesh of three or more at your place. Stunning Glass Module Stunning Glass Module is levels above anything I have used. It can be used on both the compact and the full-size gravity infuser with options between concentrate and dry herb. A neat feature is that when using the dry herb tank, the module has a detection system to prevent temperature changes, whereas the concentrate tank does provide an optional range from 392 Fahrenheit to 932 Fahrenheit. As always, temperature is a personal preference, but I would recommend starting at 580 Fahrenheit and adjust from there. We also have provided with customization options for the screen display. You are able to change the colors, day or night mode, and set a lock. Sleep by Packs. If you're looking for better sleep, you will want to give this new vape card a try. The hits are soft and gentle, and the special herbal blend is quite tasty, giving hints of lavender and something else I can't quite place, but it's definitely floral and herbal. You can still taste a little bit of the cannabis flower, but it's mild and relaxing. The perfect puff puff pass out. Jaunty Gummies. With gummies this good, it's hard to eat just one. Collect all three flavors in sour watermelon, snoozeberry, and sweet peach. Snoozeberry is infused with CBN at a one-to-one -one ratio, and the rest are pure punches of THC for some solid fun. Bet you can't just stop at a couple. Lucy Breakers. If you're looking for a revolutionized nicotine pouch, look no further. The Lucy Breakers are full of flavor and far more juicy than the average pouch. These pouches are exceptionally long-lasting as each pouch contains a bead-sized capsule that at any point can be broken to release an additional burst of flavor. Available in 4mg and 8mg pouches. Lucy's Nicotine Gum 
The Lucy nicotine gum is flavorful, long-lasting, and takes the edge off when it comes to that nicotine craving. Each pack comes with 10 pieces. Highly recommended trying this product, whether you're looking for a smoking substitute, a new way to get your nicotine fix, or a new favorite gum. Available in 2 milligram, 4 milligram, and 6 milligram packs. OFM Gallery, Buck Mink at Global Hall. Buck Meek, best known for his four-time Grammy-winning band Big Thief, is an indie folk artist who released his newest album, Haunted Mountains, in August of 2023. OFM had an opportunity to see his Denver show at Globe Hall on January 27th following the release of his two new singles, Kira Dudes and Beauty Opens Doors, on January 4th. He began releasing music in 2014 when he and fellow Big Thief member Adrian Lenker released two EPs titled A-Sides and B-Sides. His first solo EP, Heart Was Beat, was released in 2015 and was soon followed by his first solo album, Buck Meek and his second solo album, Two Saviors, in 2021. His band Big Thief's hit song, Vampire Empire, was also recently recognized by Barack Obama in his 2024 music favorites. Buck's brother, Dylan Meek, Grammy-nominated songwriter, was the opener for the Haunted Mountain Tour and set the tone for the night with his jazz-inspired R&B style that complemented Buck's performance perfectly. The crowd went wild when Buck did a special performance of Big Thief's song, Certainty, from their album, Dragon, New Warm Mountain, I Believe in You, in 2022. Overall, his performance was incredible and left Denver wanting more. New documentary highlights LGBTQ plus families in the Midwest. Released on December 6, 2023, We Live Here, the Midwest, is a new documentary that covers queer experiences in the heart of America and what the LGBTQ plus community faces in this part of the country. The documentary features five queer and trans families across Iowa, Ohio, Kansas, Nebraska, and Minnesota, states where the LGBTQ plus community still experiences levels of hostility and unfriendliness from their family and neighbors. Producer Melinda Marker and David Clayton Miller aim to combat the discrimination found in the Midwest by highlighting these courageous families and the adversity they have faced. Miller discussed the challenges he had making this film, specifically how finding willing and brave families was difficult. Many of the interviewees fear discrimination from their community and their employers. Marker says she strategically chose the Midwest because it's the heartland of family values. However, these family values seem to have taken on a more right-wing conservative trope. We Live Here works to show that LGBTQ plus families can exist in the same space and be included in the same demographic as those who possess these strong family values. Marker goes on to emphasize that if you really look at what family values are supposed to mean, it's caring about other people, protecting your neighbors, and being kind. Why shouldn't that also apply to LGBTQ folks? It's not officially greenlit for a second film, but Miller has mentioned his desire to pursue an additional film covering LGBTQ plus families in the South. 
We Live Here is important in establishing queer recognition across the entire country and works to eliminate the stereotype that the majority of queer individuals reside in more coastal and urban areas. This documentary is a big step towards sharing the stories of queer endurance with the greater populace and removing the LGBTQ plus Midwestern community from the shadows. Billy Joe Armstrong reveals it's cool to be bisexual. Billy Joe Armstrong, who is the frontman of Green Day, reveals how it is fucking cool being a bisexual icon. The 51-year-old song legend, known for songs such as Boulevard of Broken Dreams and Basket Case, shares how it is cool to be bisexual, especially in an era where more and more men have come out to express their identity. Armstrong came out as a bisexual in 1995 during a time where being part of the queer community was not well understood and still under brutal attack after the 1981 start of the AIDS epidemic, which created a harmful stereotype that still follows the community to this day. In recent years, studies have shown that younger generations are starting to have a greater portion queer folks. 28% of Gen Z adults identify as queer, 16% of millennials identify as queer, 7% of Gen Xers identify as queer, and 4% of both baby boomers and the silent generation folks identify as queer. Studies such as these show us positive results that help steer away from the massive issues facing the community. As more people are becoming accepting and willing to hear our thoughts and feelings, we make others comfortable with their identity and be their authentic selves. However, many question Armstrong's sexuality because he is married to a woman and has kids. This is very predictable because many believe that bisexual folks are only valid if they are dating the same gender. However, bisexual means that a person can date anyone regardless of gender identity, and therefore a bisexual man can still be with a woman. It is very cool to see that older generation bands show their support and love towards the queer community, especially a well-known band like Green Day, who still has massive popularity in its music even after all these years. Armstrong also denounced any transphobia, stating that people who panicked over trans people are fucking closed-minded. When talking about trans youth, Armstrong says, it's like people are afraid of their children. Why would you be afraid? Why don't you let your kid be the kid they are, he stated. Personally, I feel like this quote really points out the reality that many trans youth are facing from their own families. Our own parents have chosen to be afraid of their child's identity and have gone as far as traumatizing their own children in an effort to keep their child under a moral that is not realistic for everyone. Armstrong is a prime example that being authentic in who you are goes a long way to helping others to be authentic as well. In sickness and in health, I clearly remember the moment I found same-gender marriage had been federally legalized in the United States. I was 14 years old and sitting in my best friend's living room as we watched the news. At the time, I was so excited, but I didn't realize the promise of marriage equality didn't apply to me. Supplemental Security Income, SSI, is a federal program that provides financial assistance to low-income people who are over the age of 65 and disabled. Since the creation of SSI through the Social Security Amendments of 1972, there have been rules in place that limits a person's SSI eligibility based on not only their income and assets, but their spouses as well. 
In November 2023, almost 7.5 million people in the United States received SSI. Millions of disabled Americans have been forced to choose between what is often their only income and getting married to the person they love. In addition, if both people in a married couple are on SSI, they will receive three-fourths of what they would have as non-married individuals. The couple's assets limit for SSI is $3,000, and the monthly income limit is less than that. For most people, there are legal benefits to marriage, but disabled people on SSI are penalized for it. 26-year-old SSI recipient Clover Penelope has dreamt about getting married since they were a child. They have Pinterest boards dedicated to rings, wedding dresses, decor, color palettes, and more. However, this dream has been, in other words, snuffed out when they become disabled and can no longer work. She spent three long years fighting for benefits while barely scraping by and now only receives $628 a month in income. It's devastating, isolating, and in a way humiliating, says Penelope. All of it is so dehumanizing, I don't feel like a person. She dreams of not only wedding, but a marriage and a family. I want to teach someone to be human. Being a mother has been a long-term goal of mine. They say Penelope is one of the many disabled individuals who have had their dreams for marriage and a family hindered by restrictive marriage penalties and income limits. Not only are there income limits in place for SSI recipients, but also for recipients for the government health insurance Medicaid. This health insurance covers many disabled people both on and off SSI and is, for many, the only way to afford life-saving treatments and medications. Though millions of disabled Americans receive Medicaid coverage, the majority of people on Medicaid are not disabled. Placing an income and an asset limit on Medicaid recipients not only results in further limitations on disabled people's ability to get married, it also speaks to a larger issue on hand in our welfare and medical systems. No one, disabled or not, should be forced to live in a state-sanctioned poverty to get the medical care that they need. My arthritis medication, Enbrel, alone costs $12,000 a month for four injections out of pocket. Without my Medicaid, I honestly don't know how long I would live, and I know for a fact that quality of life would be substantially worse. I take five medications on a daily basis as well as several as-needed meds to treat medical symptoms. Medicaid is the only reason I am able to afford any of these meds. I had my own dreams of getting married one day, but I let go of those a long time ago. I remember six years ago when I was 19, my ex and I would talk about our dream wedding knowing that it would never be a reality. Fuck the government, let's get married, was a common phrase you would hear me say to them, and we talked about venues and what we would wear. It was all for fun, but even then, there was a sadness looming over those conversations, knowing it would never be real. We have established the fact that many disabled people cannot get legally married without losing their benefits. However, those rules go beyond just legal marriage. Social Security may deem a person as holding out from marriage if they believe that two people living together are a couple who share assets and or presents as married. They may launch an investigation into people living together, and if they are determined to be holding out, the disabled individual may lose their benefits. This investigation 
often looks onto things like if a couple refers to each other as spouses. If you receive mail with your partner's last name, if you take on your partner's last name on social media, if both your names are on the lease where you rent and more. The holding out rule is particularly cruel in my opinion, as not only does this prevent legal marriage, it makes any kind of long-lasting romantic relationship a risk. Disabled people deserve to have long-lasting and meaningful relationships without living in fear of losing their livelihood. Vietnamese soccer player hosts first publicly LGBTQ wedding. This past year has been filled with groundbreaking firsts for Vietnam. Not only did 2023 mark the country's debut as a team in the FIFA World Cup, but Vietnam's very own teammate and defender, Tran Thai Thu, became the first Vietnamese woman's football player to publicly marry another woman. The wedding between Thu and girlfriend Gwen Thai Young was held on January 6th in Ho Chi Minh City, with several teammates present at the celebration. The bravery of these newlyweds provides rare LGBTQ plus representation in Vietnamese athletics. An exemplifying queer sports icon, Thu's marriage helps bring support and recognition to a still disadvantaged community in Southeastern Asia. At the end of 2014, Vietnam made amendments to the Vietnamese Law on Marriage and Family, which allowed same-gender sexual activity to be legal and decriminalized, but not to the same extent as one might think. Queer couples are still not recognized by law and are ineligible for the same legal protections as heterosexual households. Homosexuality becomes a permissible symbolic act as opposed to a true holy matrimony. While 65% of Vietnam supports same-gender marriage and the country sees greater level of acceptance as opposed to surrounding countries, there is still a need for advocation and acceptance to be spread. Thu took a big step for the LGBTQ plus community and hopefully others will follow. Thu's lead, according to an article written by Outsports, 96 players who participated in the 2023 World Cup were publicly open members of the queer community. 22 of the 32 national teams were then represented, with Vietnam being one of the 10 without representation. However, this has excitedly changed upon the matrimony of Thu and Thuong. Tran joined Ho Chi Minh City's football club in 2006 and has been an important figure on the team ever since, securing eight national titles over the duration of her career. Despite the team finishing at the bottom of Group E, Tran played the full-time for Vietnam during the three games in the 2023 FIFA World Cup, standing out as national players alongside goalkeeper Kim Than. The marriage between Tran Tai Thu and Gwen Tai Thuong was much more than a ceremony. It was a celebration of progress, a day marking the beginning for LGBTQ recognition in Asia and a wedding between change and perseverance, even if Vietnam didn't win in the FIFA World Cup. Love always wins. Will marriage stay equal? Was it ever? When Obergfell was codified in 2015, it was celebrated as a massive win for same-gender couples and marriage equality. 
after years of advocating for the legalization of same-gender marriage, the LGBTQ plus community celebrated a nationwide win. It was one of the biggest marriage equality wins in the United States history, alongside Loving v. Virginia in 1967, which banned the restriction of interracial marriages. It has now been an almost a decade since Oberfeld v. Hodges, and in that time frame, the United States has seen an increase in anti-LGBTQ plus rhetoric. Donald Trump winning the presidential election in 2016 led to an increase in the platforming of right-wing politicians, commentators, and media personalities. This platforming of far-right politics, particularly on social media, played no small part in the subsequent rise of anti-LGBTQ plus rhetoric surrounding specifically transgender individuals, particularly trans women. This current political climate has led LGBTQ plus folks to worry about the possible reversal of Oberfell versus Hodges, especially in light of the reversal of Roe versus Wade in 2022, and if not the total reversal, then insidious insistence of permissions being taken away. 35 U.S. states, including Texas, Florida, Wisconsin, and Arizona, currently have inactive marriage bans that would be reactivated if Oberfeld was overturned, as reported by journalist Jasmine Aguilera. These bans would make it illegal for same-gender couples to be married in the state, deny them of privileges afforded by marriage such as tax benefits and health care decisions, and gatekeep lower-income couples from being able to marry in-state, as they would have to travel outside of their state to be married. But when speaking of privilege of marriage, there is still a big issue that is left largely unaddressed, the rights of disabled people in marriage. In 2022, President Joe Biden signed the Respect for Marriage Act into law, which codified rights for same-gender and interracial couples, but people pointed out that the act did not address the issue of disabled marriage. In the United States, a disabled person cannot marry a non-disabled person without having their federal benefits, such as SSDI, SSI, Medicare, and Medicaid, severely reduced or lost entirely. They also cannot cohabitate the same home without experiencing similar loss of benefits, and even if two disabled individuals marry, they could still still incur a 25% loss of SSI benefits, according to the journalist Shruti Rajkumar. In a study done by the Human Rights Campaign, it was found that LGBTQ plus adults were significantly more likely to self-report having a disability than non-LGBTQ plus adults. 52% of transgender adults surveyed reported having a disability, and 36% of LGBTQ plus adults as a whole reported having a disability, where only 20% of non-LGBTQ plus adults reported having a disability. Thank you again for joining us for Outfront Magazine. My name is Michael Cisneros. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aftersight.org or by calling 303-786-7777. Thank you again for joining us for Outfront Magazine. My name is is Michael Cisneros.